You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. Welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. This is D Ray Brinson. And you know the Stay Woke Podcast is presented by the SonicBreakdown.com. And today we're going to bring you another Rapture discussion, and this is going to be part two. If you haven't, go definitely check out part one um, where we talked about the episode with Logic. And this is going to be part two, and this is going to cover Nas and Dave East. And as the same as we had with part one, we have Damon, Mr. Trans Man from Vibrations Podcast, uh, again to join us to have this discussion. Thanks again for coming, man. Well, thank you for the invitation, man. I'm looking forward to getting nitty gritty with this topic. And as we, as I, as I mentioned before on our part one, we're gonna do an episode for each of the Rapture documentaries on Netflix. So there will be actually we're gonna have actually a total of nine, um, since there's eight episodes, and we'll have a ninth episode to kind of wrap it up and uh, give our overall idea of the entire documentary as a, as a series. So let's get right into it today and uh, get into this uh, specific part, which was the Nas and Dave East. Uh, one thing that I did find interesting about the way that they presented this episode was the fact that they split up uh, Nas and Dave East and they had Nas kind of first and then Dave East kind of like the legend introducing the new and up and comer. I thought that was an interesting um, a dynamic or an interesting way to portray that kind of relationship. But before we get into that, I wanted to let's talk about a little bit about just Nas in general. Are you were you a fan prior to the documentary? Um, I know I know, but the listeners don't know. So so why don't you fill them in? Absolutely. For Nas, I've been a fan before the documentary. I was always raised in the old school hip hop genre, particularly in the 90s. I mean, I'm 25, so my parents usually played it, particularly my mom. Once I started getting a Tupac and Biggie, and then it led me to Nas a long time ago. I heard the Omatic album, which is one of the best albums of all time, period, point blank. Uh, probably the Mount Rushmore of old hip-hop. I've been I've been uh, having a lot of his music for a while now. Um, Hate Me Now is another one I like. Um, I've listened to the It Was Written, uh, aside from Illmatic, even, um, I think it's Ether, right? Ether. Mm-hmm. Ether, excuse mm-hmm. me, Ether. Yeah, I've, I've, I've uh, been a big fan of his for years now. But it's kind of cool that he actually produced this documentary because not only am I a fan of his, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He actually has a project now that I get to look forward. I can see what his vision is with making a project like this. Mm-hmm. So I think it was very awesome for him to do that, especially to his fans. So that way they can see the other side of him, the director, producer side of him. And I, and again, uh, what you were saying, I'm touching up on um, the episode where he brought Dave East kind of the latter part of the episode. Mm-hmm. I liked how it showed Nas first, his rise a little bit about it, and then where he found Dave East, and then he brought him into that episode. I thought it was really well integrated. I, I, I agree. For all of the listeners out there, um, if you've been following the Stay Well podcast or the Sonic Breakdown for a while, you'll know that Nas is my definitely on my top five. Probably, actually, to be real, he's like one – Tied for first of my favorite rappers alive. Me too. Um, I was very excited about this particular episode to see how much information we would get, how much we would get into the inkling of Nas, of his personal life, things of that nature. But just to go back, I just want to quickly touch on some of my favorite tracks. Uh, I think Illmatic, again, like you said, is hands down one of the greatest albums, not hip hop, just one of the greatest albums of all time, uh, at least for me. The World Is Yours is one of my uh, favorite songs. Memory Lane represents uh, One Mike. 
you know, I, it's, it's hard to pick a favorite because he's had so many hits, so many great albums, album after album after album. But is there anything specifically about Nas that you gravitate to? That what, what is it about him that puts him above the rest in your mind? Authenticity and just the realness. Mm. Got to have that. If you notice, his demeanor is kind of, he's very... He's not really expressive. Mm-hmm. He's very you know, kind of slow and methodical a mm-hmm. bit, but I like that presence because he's he's like he's very keen on his awareness, mm-hmm. um, the way he presents himself, and the the great knowledge he puts into his music at the same time with the right flow and beats. That's what I think of him. Uh, for me, it's it's the lyricism, and that was one of the things w- that we'll touch into as as we go further into about the episode. But that's one of the things that I kept on noticing and, 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 and paying attention to was the fact that he kept on drawing attention to that Davies, what he liked about Davies. And the thing that I found as that overarching theme was his uh, attentiveness to his craft of lyricism, focusing on the mm. lines, focusing on the words. Those That's what gravitated me to Nas. And that's what gravitates me to, as I've said on many of the podcasts, if you listen to any of them, especially on the top 10 um, albums of 2017, uh, basically, I told you the formula to get on that, to get on that list for the SonicBreakdown.com and Stay Woke podcast is have lyrics. Be be a lyricist. To me, that's the most important aspect of of hip hop. To me. So you, do you like what artists that like that really hone their craft? Because that's what Nas was saying in there. Yeah, that's, he respects people to really work on their craft. He he even said, and I quote, "I just can't understand how people don't do that. They just don't do shit." Work on your craft. Work on something. That's what he found in Dave East. Because if I remember correctly, he said, and I quote, it kind of reminds me of me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, uh, we'll, when we get to, we'll go to um, Dave East in a little bit. But uh, that's the same thing that guided me to Dave East was his lyricism. I heard about Dave East. I, I started to check out his music. And then I heard that he was signed or that uh, Nas was trying to sign him. And so that was like, I was like, mm, I get it. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I get it. Yeah, he, he does pay attention. To, and so to me, that's, that is why Nas is one of my favorite rappers. And it, it made me happy to see that that's the thing that I like about him is the same thing that he likes in other artists. He's got, um, he's got an eye for talent. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was very, very uh, interesting and important. And as well as not only was it the introduction of um, Jungle, his brother, and how he was telling the story of his introduction or telling Nas about Day Beast. I thought that was interesting as well about how Jungle was like, the, just the idea of how things work out organically. Of Nas was already looking at Day Beast. He doesn't know that his brother already knows about Day Beast and he's talking to his brother about him and then his brother's like, oh yeah, I know that dude. <laughs> like, yeah, you should check him out. And that's kind of how the the culmination of Day Beast and Nas meeting came about. But I just found it interesting that like he said in the in the in the piece that there was I think it was like five or six other artists that they were looking at, and what are the chances that out of all of the artists in the world, out of all the musicians, out of all all the rappers, out of the five that Nas picked, one of those five just happened to know Jungle, his brother? Like I just it just to me it was just an interesting um, point plot uh, in the story, but I do want to go back for a second on the on the Nas part, and one thing that I did. Um, find as well as in the as an overarching thing for Nas as well is his interaction with other people specifically other artists like Killer Mike scene I thought that was a a pivotal scene and I thought it was uh, very interesting on his approach to 
not necessarily well directing in essence other artists um, and giving his opinion the thing that caught my eye about that particular scene was the fact of how respectful they were of each other Killer Mike was being respectful of Nas and Nas was being respectful of Killer Mike uh, even though Killer Mike's giving him telling him you know his art expressing his art his idea to him and sometimes when you're expressing your art you can get you know personal touchy about somebody giving you critique or criticism about it or um, any sort of again critique but the way that they interacted I thought was interesting what did what did you think about that interaction between Killer Mike and just uh, Nas's particular uh, rea- uh, interactions with other people did you take anything out of that Honestly, I didn't even really pay attention to it till you just brought it to my attention just now. But now reflecting on it, I think a lot of people would appreciate the criticism from someone as great as Nas. I would I would easily take the criticism. I say, look, you can critique this all you want. I just want to know what improvements can I be made on this or something like if if this was in my shoes and I was showing him some of my art, like what would you do? I want your opinion. But then I'm kind of asking for all the honesty, meaning the goods and the bads. Like, I'm willing to take that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's awesome for Killer Mike to kind of look beyond just like, okay, he's probably going to say some stuff about my about my project here, but look where he's at. Look where I'm trying to get to. Look at the respect he has. I mean, why not? Let's put it this way. If you want to be a bodybuilder and you have Schwarzenegger right there and you're saying, am I doing my form right? You kind of want to <laughs> listen to what he has to say, right? Mm-hmm. What if he's like, oh, yeah, but even though you're pushing up and contracting, right, you got to hold it for a couple seconds. Your personal side is like, man, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But why not? He Look where he got. He's got fruit in the tree. So it makes sense to kind of listen to someone like that for my personal my personal um, opinion there. I, I definitely agree. And I, that to me, again, going back on to the relationship, the reason why I I just noticed that it felt like it was heavy based on relationships because the way that they started out, again, how they introduced Jungle, his brother, and about how they kind of reconnected. Um, oh, how he was talking oh, yeah. about how he they weren't really talking when he was with Khalees, and then he basically was like, hey, man, you know, come out here. That whole, I thought that was, a first of all, that was a funny-ass story. But how they talked about that relationship with Jungle, then they talked about, showed the relationship with him and Killer Mike. Then they talk about him trying to uh, acquire and, and get more information about Dave East. And then uh, the conversation that him and Dave East had about uh, people from the hood. To me, it felt like it was about relationships and building those relationships. Okay. So, the, so that's, that's, that's why I brought that up. But what I wanted to ask you is, how familiar are you with Killer Mike? Nothing at all. Okay. I, I didn't even know who he was, to be honest. Yeah, you should check him out. Killer Mike is, uh, for those out there who don't know, Killer Mike is a dope MC from Atlanta. Um, he's had several projects solo. He's had uh, several projects with uh, LP or El Producto, um, who's a New York rapper um, slash producer. Um, they did Run the Jewels 1, 2, and 3. All great projects. Um, Run the Jewels 2, no, I'm sorry, Run the Jewels 3 made one of our top 10 lists and then run the jewels one also made but all three are dope projects and then um killer mike i can't think of the name of the album offhand uh oh one thing i do want to mention is the i liked how nas um uh mentioned his name he says killer mike like kill the mike yeah kind of broke it down like that that's kind of i thought that was pretty interesting when he kind of broke that down Uh, yeah uh like i said man killer mike's been he he is a beast. Uh, as uh, Kendrick said, if uh, if um, if lyricism, basically, I can't remember the exact line from um, "To Pimp a Butterfly," 
I think it's on hood politics, but basically saying that if you were really about, you know, lyricism and, and words and the actual art of putting words together for MCs, then Killer Mike would be platinum every time he puts out an album because that's how talented he is when it comes to lyricism. He's somebody that, um, like I said, Kendrick praised him, Nas praised him, you know, so many people praise him for his lyricism. So, But the album that I was talking about was rap music. That's really when, for me, I really took notice of Killer Mike. That's a, it's a great album. There's a track on there that really got a lot of uh, publicity called Ronald Reagan Era. But again, Killer Mike is a dope MC. You should definitely check him out. I recommend rap music, Run the Jewels 1, 2, 3, and any music that he puts out is, is dope. But I wanted to ask you specifically about the song that he released on, well, not released, but that he previewed on the documentary on Rapture. The unreleased uh, one, the Black Power, White Powder? Yeah, Black Power, White Powder, yeah. What, what, was your, what were your thoughts and feelings around the theme and the idea of that song? Um, honestly, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that to really like soak in the information. And I'm a person that takes, it takes a couple of mi- a couple of, um, tries to really stick to my head. Gotcha. The, the feelings that I had about, uh, black power, white powder is that, well, one, the production is nice. The production is very solid. Um, and, and killer Mike always delivers. Now, when he goes into an explaining the concept of it, I think it's very interesting. And it is something that. I didn't think about it until after you brought it up, and it does make sense. Like, when you think about all of the great movies that, I won't say all of the great movies, but a lot of the great movies that we think about, especially when it comes to gangsters or criminals, they're all usually white. Uh, Al Capone, all of these criminals are, are, are gangsters, are celebrated and put on a pedestal for their intellectual ingenuity. But we never see any people of color in that same vein. We don't see, like you said, uh, Bumpy Johnson. Or um, the only one that I can think of recently was Frank Lucas, and that was in American Gangster. Oh, the one with Denzel? Yeah. So that is something that I do think isn't represented. And I also like the fact that the way that he, the way that he explained it, that he's not necessarily talking about it to celebrate the criminal action of it but more of their ingenuity and their intellectual capacity is that in order to be a successful criminal you have to be pretty smart (laughs) like that's that's the only way you can not get caught and 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 make it so long is you have to be smarter than the people that are trying to catch you so just taking that aspect of it i thought it was a pretty interesting idea and a pretty interesting concept and uh i just can't wait to see the full project when he has a uh, jeezy on the hook as well as two chains on the verse well, what, right. which which he mentioned um as well as really fleshing out his full verse uh, i really would like to see that and to see if the critique that um uh, Nas gave would stand up for me because again we didn't hear the full verse so we don't know if he took the critiques that Nas gave and put that into the verse to give more explanation or backstory, or if he did something to the track to give backstory before the track starts, like, yeah, good point. You know, like an interlude or something like that to, you know, segue into the, to the track. So I think I'm, I'm anxious to see what that's going to be about. But again, I, from that scene, what I took away was of how open and respect receptive Nas was to giving advice and critiques as well as the same for uh, killer Mike accepting it. I just think uh, that that was interesting, especially for both artists have been in the game so long. Mm-hmm. Um, Killer Mike's not a he's not in he's not new to this. He's he's true to this. So um, I just thought that was an interesting dynamic. Again, like what I took again from the Nas part is again was based on relationships. 
Um, the next relationship that they kind of segued into after that Killer Mike scene was Large Professor, which for those who don't know, Large Professor was one of uh, the first producers Nas ever worked with. He did uh, Halftime, One Time for Your Mind, Keep It Rolling, uh, which was a Tribe Called Quest song. So he produced them as well. Um, You're the Man, um, the hardest for AZ. So he's a well-known producer, but that was really the producer that kind of helped uh, Nas gain his sound. So I thought that introduction of, it seemed like every time they took us to what's current with Nas, they always made a a way of taking us back. Mm. We saw in the beginning, you know, where Nas is at now, they took us back to his relationship with his brother. We saw where Nas was with Killer Mike now, they took us back to his relationship with Large Professor. So I just thought about that uh, foreshadowing, or, or not foreshadowing, but um, uh, revisionist of taking a look at the past and then also being current, I thought was interesting because that ties well into the documentary as of itself. It's Nas, who's a legend from the past, talking about these artists and the artists talking about themselves who are current. I just thought that that whole dynamic was interesting, um, how they highlighted it in this particular episode. If I was him, I would have done the same thing too. Mm. I like to bring a correlation from the past to the to modern times. And w- for you, if you were in his position, what would be... What would be the reason for you wanting to do that? What What do you think it adds to the documentary that if it wasn't there, that it would be missing? The history of it, especially for people who who aren't familiar. If I was in his shoes, who aren't familiar with me, I want them to get some sort of a at least a very generic background or a very generic reason as to why I'm correlating it into modern times. That kind of segues into the beginning of Dave East because after that point, um, they start talking about. Again, the scene that we talked about a little bit earlier with Jungle talking about how him and Nas were talking about Dave East. Were you familiar with Dave East prior to the documentary? Yeah, I was. I was on iTunes just doing my thing, listening to some tracks, about to put it on my iPhone. And you know how um, on the very bottom it says uh, what you like or what you <laughs> preferred or something? Yeah. They kind of It's like a you know automated system to kind of, if you like one genre, it'll give you, hey, you might like these ones. Yeah, something Check these similar, out. usually have similar sounds or content or something of a of a, a key to, to bring it together. Yeah. So I found that uh, one of his songs is on there. I don't remember which one I clicked exactly, but I liked the way his flow was. It kind of reminded me of Nas a little bit, and it's very real. Mm. I like the emphasis he puts on the words too. It's like he's trying to like speak a message in there. So I clicked on it, liked it, and I checked out his album. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it has a Found a Way. That's one of my favorite ones, Paranoia, which if you notice, they were wearing the hat. They were yeah. heck of wearing that. Yeah, it's from his... For, well, not, I won't say it's first, but that's from Paranoia, True Story that came out that, last that's year. That's the one. That, that's the album. That was the one I checked out. And that was the only one I heard so far. And then when I heard he was going to be on the documentary, I said, oh, perfect, because this will give me a nice view of what he was like prior to music or how he met Nas and how he got into the the genre now. Um, my relationship with Davies, I say I go back uh, a couple of years with Davies. Uh, I have knew about him, uh, I guess, Hey Me Now was probably... I guess the first mixtape that I knew about him, I heard. Oh, he was actually, on that. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, not not the Hey Me Now song by Nas. That was on. It was written, I believe. But it's just a it's a, a mixtape just called Hate Me Now. Okay. Which makes which would probably make sense if it came out in two thousand fifteen. That that was a little bit after his introduction or him meeting Nas or the shout out with Nas, um, that they showed on on um the documentary. But uh, 
Black Rose was really the first time that I really heard about um, Dave East. I didn't really check out the mixtape, but I heard some of my friends from New York were telling me, hey, there's a cat named Dave East. And I was like, okay, okay. I didn't check him out until uh, Paranoia. Or actually, Hate Me Now, I listened to it and I thought it was cool. I, I did agree. I, when I heard that, I was like, okay, he's definitely a New York rapper. He definitely uh, is attentive to his craft. But really, um, the Paranoia, A True Story that came out last year, that's when, really when I when he stuck with me. I really thought that was a really well-done project. Um, as you said, I felt like he he wanted to let you know about him, and he really took the time to make sure that he dedicated the time to to making sure that message was clear and paranoia too i thought which was the album that came out this year i thought that was a really good project as well and again it still it, it even highlighted even more his lyricism for me so i think i'm really anxious to see what he has continued coming forward as well as i feel like unlike what i felt about the first episode with logic i felt like i learned a lot about davies through this documentary interesting um, how so what what, uh, what was the most like resonating thing you picked up? Just as just as him personally, uh, just again for me, I look more about interactions with people, how how he dealt with people, um, the fact that he always had his uh, daughter with him. Um, I thought that was it was key because again, even in Paranoia Two, he has a picture of his daughter in it. You don't really know how that um, emotion, how how real that is until you see on an everyday basis and the fact that no matter what interview we saw him in his daughter was pretty much always present yeah and yeah, almost there's there's maybe from memory i think maybe two scenes where his daughter wasn't in it one yeah, when scene he was, was on the, on the stairs and yeah. then the the scene for the video and he said he the reason why he's late because he was with his daughter so like i just thought that was interesting that listening to his music especially paranoia too i got that but it's 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 um it's comforting to know that what he's talking about in his on, on his music, especially Paranoia too, about his relationship with his daughter and how she's like the most important thing to him, actually holds to be true based on what we saw in the documentary. Again, we never really know these people because we're not around them, right. but we only can go based on the images that we that, that are portrayed we, to, to us, us exactly. You know? And so, if it feels like the image that's portrayed to us um, in his music fits what's really in his life, what about you? Do you feel like? Personally, the person that you got from the documentary, what do you think about the person, Davies, not the artist? I thought he was, he just seemed pretty just chill and laid back. He's very <laughs> humble. I mean, he even has a tattooed on his on his left eyebrow. <laughs> I mean, I like his humbleness approach. It's like if something good keeps happening, he's like, yeah, you know, that's cool, you know, whatever. And also the, I don't know the right word, but if you if you recall, people like in the projects... Uh, he wanted to help out, and they were like, "Nah, man, you got that. Don't worry about that. Don't, yeah. no, no." He, and he says, "Nah, but I feel like I wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't be the person I am today without you guys here." So he feels like he has an obligation to go help them. That shows to me character. So I get a lot of respect for that because I feel the same way. If someone helps me grow, I just I was just talking with you last <laughs> week. I said you're you're pretty much my help. So whenever I you know, getting an award or whatever. And I said, nah, I got to give thanks to, to D Ray Brenson from the stay woke podcast, man, because without him, I wouldn't be here. So in essence, it's kind of like the same thing. So I see a little bit of myself in Davies in that regard. And I like the grit he has too. If you notice, he's got like a real kind of rugged around the edge. 
Remember when he was talking with his or his family was saying um, he should 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 have stuck with ball, should have stuck with basketball. Oh, and he played with Kevin Durant. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That was pretty cool. But um, I I think he's a fantastic person. I just based on what I just seen, obviously. I wanted to touch on um, there, there's a couple of things in that. The first thing that I do want to touch on is the the thing you brought up about how the the line. I, I was gonna save it for later, but let's go right into it right now. That specific scene that you were talking about of where Davies is basically saying, you know, I want to, I appreciate the people that helped me get here and I want to help them out and I want to give back. And Nas and him both have similar takes, but they express it and um, verbalize it differently of that necessarily it's like, yeah, you, and, and that I do agree with you for on that fact is that they both seem very humble, but at the same, at the same time, being humble but you also have to be realistic you can't help everybody you you literally cannot help everybody in the hood you cannot help everybody from where you're you know that where you are from that that was what Nas was saying he yeah, said there's some there's some expensive. cats that don't want to don't want to not even not even that just like on a logistic from a business perspective i cannot like yeah he's wealthy but like <laughs> that that's a, that's a whole nother amount of wealth that it takes to translate to bringing the whole hood and making them financially free. Mm-hmm. That's there's very few people that have that kind of capital period. Nas doesn't. Nas is rich. Davies, if you put them together, they don't have enough money to take Queensbridge out and, and make them go from low income to middle class. It's, it's just not possible. So you have to think of a realistic approach to it. One. And then two, even on the other side is the thing that I appreciate is, Dave E saying that he had that problem of there were times when he, like he said, he wanted to do all that, but then he had to realize the people that really care about you, the people that really are your supporters, they don't want anything in return. They don't need anything in return. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that really are going to ride for you. And those are the ones that you should make sure you, that they are appreciated. And so I think if you take that approach to, to me, and it takes me back to um, a line that I use uh, often from um, Mick Jenkins. I can't give you what I still need for myself at the end of the day. Like, because if I give you everything I have, then how am I going to continue to help other people? Because I don't have anything left. Exactly. That's like, um, I heard this, I heard this metaphor uh, one time. So think of like a plane going down, right? And it's a mother and a baby and the mask comes down. I mean, if you put the mask on the baby, you're going to die to where you can't help the baby anymore. So wouldn't it make sense to put it on you first and then the baby then keep going you know, exactly. back and forth so that way you're able to help both parties exactly. instead of just one and then you're dead and th- yeah. then something happens? Yeah, and, and then in that same situation, if you die, like you said, who's taking care of the baby? The baby can't take care of itself. So in essence, you lost two people. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you didn't really do you, you didn't help the situation. Right. So it's just about getting to the point of, of, of doing that. And I thought that was really um, key and smart. And I'm glad that they they made it a, a point to highlight it in this documentary and specifically that uh, um, in this episode that I think was very important um, because again, there's a lot of people that are trying to come up and and they do want to help the people that that they're coming up with, but you have to pick and choose when's the time to do it. I and think again, and and uh, one second, sorry. Uh, the the other thing that I did think was very important as well was when Nas was the line that you're talking about. There's some people that no matter what you do, they it's not going to help them because they're not in a position to be ready for that help. 
in essence. Uh, that, that's true. Um, so that's important. Yeah. One of the, the one of the lines that I thought was very um, it was it was very eye opening to me was when Dave East. It was towards the end when there were is the, the song with a uh, Lin Manuel from Hamilton and Nas. Basically, oh, yeah. I wrote yeah, my way one. out. I just thought, wrote just that way. line that that idea is so profound that you can write your way out of a situation. Like just that you can write your way, you can work your way, you can fight your way, you can, um, you know, there's so many ways to get out of certain situations, but it requires a level of dedication that I think most aren't willing to do. I think that I, I always hear, I, I used to hear this uh, back in uh, in MLM that I was affiliated with. They were miss, they were, people were missing that grit. I think grit is the main determining factor because anybody could say, Oh, I can just start writing lyrics. I'm good with it. But if they don't have the grit, the groundwork to do it, it's not going to work. You ca- you have to have the grit to match with the desire. If I want to if I want to be huge, I want to be a bodybuilder. I got if I'm going in the gym but I'm not going, I don't have the grit like a bodybuilder, chances are I'm not going to have the results that I'm seeking, right? Yeah. And and grit can be uh synonymous with uh consistency. You have to be willing to be consistent enough to improve your craft same situation a bodybuilder yeah you can go to a gym you can go to the gym today work out for eight hours and never go back (laughs) 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 what is what is that really going to do but if you consistently go into the gym every day for an hour you'll be further off than that guy that just went for one one day for eight hours right you know what i'm saying but it's that consistent long-term grind and grit of of and dedication even without seeing results Take Dave East, for example. He's been rapping, writing. As his mother said, he's been had journals full, full, full of lyrics. He's been doing this for a while. And even when he got the praise from Nas, even at that point when he got the praise from Nas, a legend, he still was like, okay, that's great. Yeah, I got to get... I, I still, right yeah, I, that, yeah, that's great. I appreciate it. He never got to do anything else for me. I don't need a handout. I don't need nothing. I appreciate that. But at the end of the day... I still gotta go. I still gotta go back here and do that homework. Get back in the lab, be consistent, stay on my craft, and I think that is what allowed him to get. Or well, I won't say allowed, but that's what helped him get to the the level that he's at. Is that that level of not getting complacent, regardless of what the praise is or lack of praise. I definitely agree with that. As a matter of fact, I think it ties in with you. Remember the conversation we had last week when we were outside in your patio, and I said that you get. You, say for example I throw some appreciation to you you're like yes yeah 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 you know you, you appreciate it then you brush it right off it's like you don't focus on yesterday's successes that is one thing I do admire about you and I told you I think you're going to be fantastic because you're not focusing all your attention on what you previously did you're like yeah that's good and all but I still got to go over here I, I got I got a lot more work to do where I want to go like I was saying you're like a little groundhog dude. you <laughs> sit there and dig 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 I appreciate that man that's that's one of the things that I took from Davies is just that, like you said, that grit and, and relentless dedication to improving and, and not being complacent. Um, so that's that's what really gravitated and resonated with me with, with regards to Davies. Do you feel like after seeing this documentary, do you feel like, you know, Nas better than you did prior? A little bit. I saw a little bit of his humility side because mm-hmm. obviously Aside from the music, we can't, we're not there. Like you mentioned earlier, we're not there in person. We don't know these people in person unless you're very fortunate enough to really know them. But hey, if you do, uh, 
holla at us hey, so we, yes, can, so we can as well. <laughs> um, but I definitely think it showed some humility side to him. Kind of how he heard of these up-and-coming new artists, which is why he selected them to be part of this documentary. Because he definitely has an eye for talent, as I mentioned uh, a little bit ago. But overall, I think it's just I actually get to see him more of his humility side for me that I was able to take away from from this whole from this episode, especially. For me, um, I would say I feel like I did learn some about Nas' personality. Uh, it just and and the reason why I say that is one is I don't hear much about Nas outside of of, of music. Um, you hear about his business dealings, things of that nature, but you don't hear like tabloid stories. You don't hear. Uh, he's pretty low key. Yeah, he's he, really low key. So you know, I mean, I the biggest news that I heard was that he's dating Nicki Minaj, but like you don't. Wait, really, he is. That's that's the rumor. Yeah. Oh wow! I had no <laughs> idea. Holy shit! Breaking news. No, just like, <laughs> no, but uh, that well, that's the rumor. I don't know. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not. Whatever. But he is pretty low key. So I just felt like him and. He's low key and it has to be by design because he's famous enough that if he wanted to be seen more, he would be seen more. So what I mean by that is there are artists out there, like I said, like we talked about Logic, who's always on social media, always out there, always. Shoot, I can tell you, I think Logic was at the studio yesterday. <laughs> if you look on his, like, you know, he keeps you abreast of his, his whereabouts often. Where Nas, you're not given that kind of uh, fly-on-the-wall kind of view of his life, you get what he releases. So I thought this giving a more introspective look into his life I thought was interesting. And and it gave a personal aspect to it that I think might have been lacking uh, prior. Because Nas has been out for so long. Um, but yet, but yet when it comes to like personal interactions, Jay-Z's pretty low-key too, but you feel like you hear more stories about Jay-Z than you do Nas. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. So I just, I, I just thought that was an interesting aspect of it too, and I think for this particular episode, I think it was necessary to to show again Queensbridge uh, bridging the gap between Nas and Dave East, old New York, new New York, old lyricism, new lyricism, but that it's not that much. It's can it's uh, similar to that um, saying, cut from the same cloth. That they're both cut from the same cloth. Uh, they just they're slightly different different times. Oh yeah, of course. Like um, so I thought that was I thought that was uh, very keen. And again, the thing that I found the the most uh, I guess key thread through this whole thing was attentiveness to your craft. Nas said it so many times. Nas highlighted it so many times. Uh, Dave East uh, acknowledged that you know that's what he's about is dedicating to his craft. I just thought that was important in family. Do you remember the... I do agree with that. That's very well uh, brought up, too. Do you also remember um, the very last thing uh, Nas was saying towards the end of... I believe it was the entire thing mm -hmm. about power? Yes. What do you I, think about that? I thought it was... I thought it was pretty profound. And especially, I thought it was more profound that it's coming from somebody who... If you, again, looking in the the rap game or in hip hop who basically has almost as much power as, as, as anybody in the game, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And the fact, like I said, that he's at almost at the pinnacle of power of hip hop. And then to still be that aware of how the power dynamic is and not to be jaded by that, I thought was 
was was interesting and it, and it shows you how grounded he is as a result of that mm-hmm. because you can't have that opinion or that idea without being grounded to me what did you that's, a, that's a pretty good perspective what i took away from that was i believe you know he didn't say this word for word but i think the underlying message or at least what i took from it was use that power but direct it to a good cause rather than what we normally kind of use our power for so i liked his whole idea on that um and the fact that he's using his power and his his um uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the word but aside from the point he's able to help other artists help them instead of just doing what he's doing it's like yeah we'll kind of get your own power he's like well i got this power why don't i just give it to you guys i'll help you guys out I like how he he pick and chooses where he's t- distributing his power to. Yeah, he abdic- abdicates his power to to those that he feels are, are are worth it. One, but also those who are willing to put in the work to deserve it. And that's sense. true too. Um, because there's a lot of other artists out there that he could easily give it to. You know, like he said, there was four. I think it was like four other artists um, that they were talking about um, with Dave East, and they picked Dave East because of all those attributes that we mentioned throughout this uh, throughout this podcast. What I will say is, as we wrap this up, is that uh, I'm definitely excited and interested to see what else Davies has coming moving forward. I'm definitely, definitely interested in to hear the new um, Nas project that should be dropping this year, I believe. What is that? Give, give us some detail on that. I, I didn't That's hear that. That's all the details I got. <laughs> oh, dang. Okay. I, I know is since last year he's been working on an album. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that he's so. been working on an album. Uh I think Large Professor did some of the production on the on, on the new uh, project that should be coming out this year. Do you know if Pete Rock's going to be on there? Because I I did know I, that Pete Rock helped him with Illmatic, right? Yeah, I heard I heard that uh, Pete Rock was going to have some production on it. Um, there was another producer I can't think of right now um, who also I heard those three were had uh, definitely um, a strong influence on the production of this project. Oh, okay. Um, so definitely interested to to hear that. Definitely interested to see what Davies has coming, and uh, that uh, just to see how 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 he evolves and grows. Because uh, again, based on this documentary uh, and based on the praise that Nas has given him, plus what what I've heard from him, uh, he has a promising future. We just gotta rock with him and see, and see where it goes. I, I think he definitely does have a huge promising uh, future, the way he is, and um, the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah, I can't wait to see what other projects he has coming out in the next from this point on yeah same here um if you haven't definitely you need to check out all of Nas' discography i don't need to go through all that you should <laughs> everything you should, yeah everything, everything everything he's everything he's made every go through his whole discography and get it and uh for davies definitely check out the black rose mixtape uh check out paranoia uh a true story and paranoia 2 as well as hate me now um you can get all of those either on itunes soundcloud or i'm sure you can find some of it on youtube so definitely go check those out. You know that we will have an episode three or part three of Rapture Discussion, and that's going to be covering T.I. Um, that's going to be a very interesting uh, conversation. Of course, we're going to have Mr. Transman again for that one. And if you haven't already, go check out uh, Vibrations Podcast. Again, if you're not sure where to uh, find that on Apple Podcasts or um, uh, yeah, Apple Podcasts, click on the link below and it will direct you right there uh, so you can listen to it. And as well as go check them out on YouTube. And uh, man, again, thanks for another uh, great Rapture discussion. And um, Likewise, thank you, man. No problem. And uh, you know our motto. 
live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. And uh, for this one, uh, listen to some Davies and Nas as well. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Thank you.